I'm Connor. And I'm Campbell. And welcome to Real Geeks, the show where we talk about movies and stuff. Um, guys, last in last episode, uh what what was the last oh yeah, John Hughes. Last episode we walked you through three of John Hughes um most celebrated movies. Today where are you going with this. I'm just transitioning, you know. Today I'm very excited. Like we talked about one of uh Connor's favorite filmmakers, John Hughes. Now we get to talk about one of my favorite filmmakers, um, the one, the only, Stop. David Lynch. Uh, David Mid. Dave, what? Dave Mid Lynch. David Lynch? No, quite the opposite, actually. Uh-huh. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, if you're not familiar, we've actually had two other episodes. We actually had David Lynch on the podcast. Oh yeah, we did have David Lynch on the podcast. Um, if you guys want to hear him talking on our podcast, you can uh, check out our uh, Marvel episodes. He's probably on one of those. Um, but anyway, we we talked about Eraserhead a while ago. I was like last year or something. Uh, we had a fun, very long Twin Peaks episode oh, with gosh. with my friend Josh uh, on it. I think that was um, the longest episode we ever had. Yeah, and it got pretty pretty uh drawn out there at the end. I feel like I was I was dying. Um fitting. But today we're talking about not Eraserhead or Twin Peaks. Um I think this is his most acclaimed work. Um when you say David Lynch to most people, I feel like this is the first movie they think of or they if attribute they know to who him. He is. If then yeah, g- given that they know uh, who he is. This is like the David Lynch movie. Um, Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a pu- I, it's a puzzle of a movie. Uh, I guess we'll share general thoughts and then I don't know why I always introduce this like we're doing it for the first time. We're going to do our non-spoiler thing real quick at the beginning like we've always done. Yeah. Um. So this is my first time watching this. Campbell's, I don't know how many times you've seen this. This is my third time. That's sad. Um, what, bro? There are so many other movies that you should have seen more than once, other than this one. That's fair, but I think this movie begs to be rewatched. You don't watch this movie until you've I'm seen never it. watching this movie again. You've never truly watched it until you've watched it like three bro, okay. times. I feel like. Uh, here's my thing. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you looked at my review. Oh, I did. Two and a half stars. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, it was um that was a, a spur of the moment. I'm planning to change that depending on how this goes, and also like after I watch it another time. But that was my immediate spur of the moment, um, fully emotionally driven review. Um, I I felt I was so mad. Did you feel this cheated? Made, this out movie of... made me angry. Did you feel cheated? Um, I guess you could say that. Um, it's just like, gosh, there's just so much that happens that has like no, like doesn't get tied together. Like, like, like it just doesn't get, it just seems all over the place. And then also like comparing it to Twin Peaks, because I feel like it's the most, it's very similar to Twin Peaks. Like the similarities are like glaring. Oh, really? Um, I had actually... I was talking with uh, my friend or my roommate Jonathan. We were talking about it, um, comparing it to both Eraserhead and Twin Peaks, and we said like, "You seen Twin dro- Peaks?" Uh, he, I watched the first episode with him, so not the whole thing. You've seen the whole thing. 
Um, okay. Like, I guess the pilot and then um, Eraserhead, right? And like, yeah. there's similar. I don't. There's similarities to both, but I don't think it falls into either category. I definitely think it's more fully. similar to Twin Peaks than Eraserhead. Twin Peaks: The Return, though, right? Rather than the original no, series. Actually. Oh, you you think the original series? Interesting. Well, I mean, going back. I mean, I think there's just like. Well, I don't want to go back go into specifics just yet, but we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back burner. But basically, I don't know. It kind of went all. Over. What I was saying was about Twin Peaks is like Twin Peaks kind of like. It started grounded and then like, and I guess it's because of the show, so it could have it did it slower, but it just felt like with this, it's like one second, it's it's like grounded, and then the next second it's not, and then the next second it's grounded. I feel like Twin Peaks slowly like deteriorated, so it kind of allowed you to get into it. But with this, I just felt like jar it was very jarring and like I, I don't know, I just I didn't hate it. I just this I just it was I don't know I just didn't really like it that much at least with this first watching and it didn't help the way it ended and like the fact that I basically didn't understand like the last 45 minutes of the movie like entirely like the rest of it was pretty confusing but like Twin Peaks level confusing having watched Twin Peaks I was kind of like I understood the first yeah. hour or so but <laughs> yeah. like after like the, like the last 45 minutes of it I was just completely like yeah. completely lost like I had, I was I had lost all desire to try and figure out what was going on um and then some of the acting was kind of cringy um which I guess goes back to Twin Peaks I think like some of the deliveries on the lines were like weird like some of the lines in general were just I mean like, what weird. do you expect from a David Lynch you expect the deliveries in a David Lynch movie the to be like is, the strange thing was that like there were other, there were some characters that were acting like I mean obviously some characters were acting number, normal and some weren't but like I'm talking like some of them had um I'm trying to figure out like some of them seemed some of them seemed like they were acting like they didn't know how to act and then some of them were acting uh, like they did know how to act yes and I I do want to touch on that because that was like one of the things I was talking about with Jonathan when we were watching it like the acting and how acting's like portrayed in the movie. So I'm glad you noticed that because I feel like that's something that you're supposed to notice, right? Well, also um, like I'm talking like I'm I'm not just talking about the fact that people were playing actors in the movie, like playing the characters of like actors and actresses. Well, yeah, but like the acting, it's almost as if here's what the performances like, are like very varied. Like some of them look like this is like the first movie that someone's ever been in and then some of them are acting like veteran actors, like it's like just very I don't know. Yeah, I, I I do. I that's a good point. We should definitely come back to that because again, there's they're, they're pl actors playing actors in the movie, and them like acting out as actors. Okay, this is kind of confusing, but like there's scenes oh when the actors are acting in the movie, and those scenes of when they're acting, um, when they're acting feels more like, uh feels like that's bet it's almost like it's as if it's better acting than their actual acting yeah, in the movie yeah, if that makes sense and also, I'm, I'm not even just talking about that i'm talking about like um like just like like even when they're not acting like acting acting um just like some of the some of the the uh actors in the show when they're playing their normal characters just are not just like some of them seemed more um, I felt more immersed watching some actors than others. Like I felt like some were more convincing. I guess. 
I guess it's this is hard to do without being specific, but uh huh. Yeah, I guess okay. We can definitely go back into this because I do want to talk about this more. Yeah. Um, do wrapping up. I guess are like pre spoiler. You section. can say what you, your thoughts. Sure. Um. First of all, you compare comparing to Twin Peaks. This actually did start out as a pilot. Um, I think it was a pilot for a TV show he was writing, and then it eventually became a, a film. Um, uh-huh. So I guess there are some sort of similarities with Twin Peaks there. Um, yeah, when I first watched it last year, I gave it, I think, four stars. Uh-huh. And here's my explanation. I liked it. Um, and basically, in my review, I was like, you know, I if it takes me like a 20-minute long video, if, if it takes me watching a 20-minute video explaining the plot of the movie for me to fully understand it, you know, is this really a good movie? Like, oh my god, I have the and, literally okay. the word for word the exact same yes. Plot. And that was that was my original thought. I was like, it's, does is it me? Like, is this the movie's fault that I can't understand it? Um, then I watched it a second time uh, on my computer. Probably not the best wow. way to watch it. Wow. Second time, it, I elevated to a four and a half stars. Um. Oh, going back. Sorry, going back to the first time, I was frustrated. Like I wanted to love it, but because I was so confused and I didn't understand the story, that prevented me from like really, really loving it. I was like, "Does it? If this movie takes me watching a video to explain it for me to understand it, is it really a good movie?" Yeah. Now watching it for a third time, um, I've come to realize that understanding this movie is not what it's about. You're not. It's a puzzle movie. But the experience of watching uh, it and like feeling it is far superior to understanding it. Um, I think it's it's a very you'd agree it's very atmospheric. Yeah. Um, it it's dreamy, um, and it pulls you into you have to just let it pull you into this like dreamlike state that the characters are in, uh-huh. and I think that's far more that's uh. I think that's more rewarding than actually understanding what the plot is about because again it's a puzzle film but I think the again the process of just feeling it and letting its affects kind of like envelop you that's the point of the movie not understanding it. So I've given it 5 stars this third time around um because I I've kind of come to a consensus and I've like let go of my frustrations. Um so that's kind of okay. that's the viewpoint where that's how I view the movie now. It's like it's not so much about the plot; it's just more about the feeling. Okay, uh, and I feel like that's kind of maybe how David Lynch would approach it as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, I would recommend anyone. I think, I think anyone. I'm not sure if you, everyone will enjoy it. No, but I think everyone will. If you have anxiety, uh, depression. Any mental uh, oh, that's difficulties, fair. don't watch this movie. Or actually, um, just don't even watch any David Lynch, anything made by David Lynch. Maybe you could watch like The Straight Story, which is on Disney Plus, actually. You what? could watch that. Yes, there's a David Lynch movie on Disney Plus um, about a farmer who rides, or a dude who rides his tractor to visit his brother. It's very wholesome. Wow. I, th- I think he called it like the most like abstract movie he's ever had to make <laughs> or something. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does deal with serious themes, and we'll also touch on that as well. Uh, but I think if you're intrigued, I wouldn't stop you from watching it. 
I can't guarantee that you'll enjoy it if you go in with the expectation of understanding it, though. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, that's my. It's so totally not promising. That's my pitch. <laughs> uh, I think my, I think it is. Is it my favorite David Lynch movie? No, um, but I understand why it's considered his best. What are again? What are your guess, kind of? I think that's it for. I mean, I, I already said my stuff before you, so I guess yeah. We into like okay, okay, we can now get into the nitty gritty. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my gosh, this movie your, is your speech. Uh, convinced me to bump it up to three stars oh wow we're it's just rising as it as it, this podcast goes on it's about to hit five stars by the end of this okay okay so i think okay to be fair again like i said in my little spiel feeling it's more important than understanding it but i do have an explanation i watched a video the first time i watched it that explained the plot and since listening to that explanation it, it makes perfect sense and okay, i'm kind uh, of me and to be fair like for, before i start like and before i'll let you talk to you but like uh, there's a point there's a part of me that wishes i never watched that video okay so where the movie like always just remained kind of enigma and just i've always like you know like there's a part of me that wishes like it still like has that confusing effect because this third time i watched it admittedly i was like oh yeah that makes sense oh this makes sense oh that makes sense and it kind of lost that like that mysterious appeal um uh-huh. so if you're watching this now and you don't want to kind of hear the explanation for the movie i'd advise you not to listen to the rest of it um and if you want to like keep that experience of like being uh like I guess, do you want to do that, that last i mean no because i think it's essential if we're going to actually talk about it i think obviously there's more to talk about but i think it's the most interesting part so um yeah okay. i mean yeah it if you truly feel like you don't want to have that spoiled um i wouldn't listen to this but uh I think if most you, people that are listening wouldn't mind yeah i think most people are interested in hearing like what this is actually about I'm not even going to apologize anymore because this is just, it doesn't mean anything. Um, or I'm not, I, that's not, we had issues and we're back now. Um, so basically where we were going with that was we're going to, we're going to talk about like what the actual meaning is behind the movie, but also like before that we'll, we're going to, I'm going to go into like some more specific, uh, uh-huh. opinions. Yeah. yeah we're just going to go into, because again, this is Connor's first time, so um, he'll give some of his overall thoughts. I'll I'll share some of mine, and then after that, we'll go on to discuss uh, the theory behind like me- the movie, like meaning and all that kind of stuff. Yes, the meaning, the story, the truth. Okay. Um. So, basically, I what I was saying when we when the audio stopped recording was that everyone in this movie like really got on my nerve like most of everybody in this movie just the way they were acting was like so frustrating to me um i don't i don't know like part of me wants to be in this movie so that i can just act normal like <laughs> I, I, I wanted to be i wanted to like i was getting so frustrated with everyone for like acting so like weird and like when weird stuff was going on just like not reacting 
Like, well, well, first, first of all, when when has a character not acted weird in a David Lynch movie? I know, I, 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 I know, but my, it's more about the people that, like, for example, the um, the part where the guys, like, the two brothers, come in and they're like taking over the movie. Uh, oh yeah, and the coffee, and, like, <laughs> and the, the coffee. Like, I, I wish I was there so I could literally like be like, what is like actually what is wrong with you? Stop saying the same phrase over and over. Again. Like, like this just is the girl. Like this is the girl. Like it was like very. Did you know? It was like the same as like if you're, if you're at a movie theater and there's like a baby crying. Yeah. Like it was giving me like there were a lot of things in this like that were giving me that same like. Energy, like I Did was like, know? I just wanted to like strangle like so many characters <laughs> in this movie. Did you know the guy who spits out the coffee is the one and only Angelo Badalamenti? Yeah, I knew he looked familiar. <laughs> I know yeah. he looked familiar. No, but I think the acting, especially in that scene, kind of lends itself to like the surreal feeling of the film. Oh yeah, because it just feels like you're like a lot of the situations just feels like you're in a dream. It's a very dreamy movie. So like, obviously in your dreams, people like kind of just act like. I bet if you like made a movie, if you like directly translate your dreams to a movie dialogue would be kind of like stilted and then thing people would not act normally so i think it, it works for about the... like i don't know i i think it works i'm not critiquing it but it's just yeah. like that was my feeling throughout yeah, the movie that, was just that's like fair. i think that was intentional as well i think it's intentional um i don't know it's just like that was my main my main thing i mean like the fact that i, I like also like there were some times when I was like, why are you not questioning this? <laughs> like, 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 uh, the, like how, I, he, how, what's the director guy just nonchalantly, like, just no, no, didn't care at all. Just decided to oh, let me meet this guy, like codenamed the cowboy up in, up in the top of this mountain in the middle of the night. He was kind of questioning it. He was like, you really like, you want me to bring my 10 gallon hat and my six shooters? I, I guess. Like, but true. There is a character named the cowboy who just, shows up and then tells him stuff yeah, yeah and then he just does it. <laughs> and then there's also that part where he's like well you'll see me again if you do the and then he yeah. doesn't come back like really with him it just seemed like there were a lot of things that you do see him again though you see him twice if you're paying well, you attention see him again but he's not like not with the director does that guy. does that matter like in in a way he's speaking to the audience you know like we we see him twice and he says like if you see me twice it means he did bad well he was talking and to the director guy i think you had to suspend you were talking about feeling grounded and not grounded especially for a david lynch movie i think that's kind of thrown out the window you know like there is no grounded there is no ground you know well my point my point was this like twin peaks started off with a grounded plot and like deteriorated like devolved into uh-huh. being less grounded i think this kind of went back and forth like there were some times where there, it would be about 15 minutes where i was like okay this seems like somewhat normal and then all of a sudden it would go to something else and then it would go back to it was like yeah. kind of up and down and i think twin peaks was a little bit more like of a gradual decline i don't know that's fair that's fair it does kind of meander around a lot in the beginning because you go you start with um Oh yeah, that opening scene, which is probably one of my favorites. I did uh, like that. the people dancing. I think it's a it's a great scene. Um, and then you go, you have the car crash. Um, oh I think gosh, you then- that was oh, that was what I want to talk about. Like the oh my, I don't know if David Lynch just doesn't know what a car sounds like, but 
the like some of the sound effects actually the sound effects overall like some of them just seemed like not right huh like if you go back and watch the car thing like something about the cars driving like didn't sound right and there were like some sounds that were like really loud and like like and I know I told you my TV was having problems, but this wasn't my TV. Like there were like some things that like were like loud. Like the sound design was very strange. Um, I wonder if David Lynch was actually in charge of the sound design for Mulholland Drive. It was just like the driving sounded the 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 driving noise sounded weird. Also, like the way the cars crashed was kind of hilarious. Was it like a straight on collision or something? It was, I don't remember. Yeah. It was like straight on, and like it was like it looked like it was sped up, and like, and then she like just casually gets out of the car. Oh yeah, like in a dream. Oh, that's what it was. That's what was frustrating me. Like, why in the world after you get in a car accident are you just? Why is she hiding like? Like she's like a criminal or something, and why is she? Why would she just go into like? That was what was frustrating me at the beginning because I was like, what is going on? Like, why is she just? Why? Why is yeah. she acting like this? Are, don't you have like dreams where like you're kind of like wandering around and kind of, I don't know, like well, I think I it, go into this assuming it was a dream. Well, again, like I'm not saying that. I'm just saying his movies are dreamlike. Everything's but at like, least there was stuff in Twin Peaks that was actually happening. What do you mean actually happening? I'm saying like, like I'm you, saying like that was it made like people were behaving rationally at some i mean i feel like a lot of that's that's questionable i feel the most for at least in the beginning yeah five minutes you've got someone like acting like very like weird like right off the bat Uh uh-huh i thought that i I just felt like that's why i thought in the beginning like i was expecting things to take like like go down like a normal i don't know no 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 like just like a normal decline i didn't expect it to just like i don't know i don't know what i thought was going to happen but she was just acting really weird and it caught me off guard because it was like five minutes into the movie and she's like not talking and like and there was like no backstory as to like what who she was Mm -hmm. like at least like at least for some point for some parts like twin peaks gives you like some context like they kind of introduce the White Lodge and stuff like that. Like they, they weave it in and and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess response, maybe, maybe I'm just being cynical, but well, first, like in in a movie that's so wrapped up in kind of atmosphere, like a feeling, an affect is like is context really important? You know, like um again i had no idea what i was getting into so i was going in uh, that's fair that's fair you you didn't have any and i feel like that's almost the best way to kind of go Uh, you have that that one scene this is this scene's always kind of puzzled me um of the dude in the diner and he's talking with his like buddy i actually really that was actually my probably my favorite scene like that was like a lot of stuff like really um kind of frustrated me but i actually did like that scene yeah and it's it's kind of interesting how it barely ties in with anything except exactly. for, that was one of the things i was talking about like a lot of stuff just does not get tied up except for the the dude living in the back of the restaurant the um i liked the, him the scary man uh bob it seemed like he would have been he'd be the, friends with bob oh yeah bob's bob's brother uh winky that's winky right there is that his name 
Oh no, isn't like the restaurant called Winkies? So I feel like I don't think that's what it's called. I'm pretty sure it's Winkies. Also, that uh, that that di- the diner reminded me of uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, kind of. Maybe <laughs> like in the back, like behind them, is uh, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta or something. That'd be funny. Um, yeah, you have that. Oh, you have the Hitman, right? That once that scene oh, where he's God. like oh, he's like trying to carry out the job, and he accidentally shoots the woman, and then that's me playing like the hitman like that's us playing that red dead redemption trying to like do one of those missions and then bounty missions screwing it up yeah um oh the the, yeah the vacuum guy like why was he like being stupid like why again dream logic you know like it's all just very a lot of people were just very frustrating to watch you have adam kesher oh oh i love yeah yeah here's another one like when the Adam comes home. Also, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. Why? Okay, so Billy Ray Cyrus beats up Adam, throws yeah. him out. The guy from the Italian brother guys shows up and is asking for Adam. Yeah. And then the wife just starts trying to fight him for no he, apparent reason. Yeah. Like, that was very frustrating. Like, I was actually very glad that he just punched her in the face. <laughs> and then the dude's like, did you hear what she said or something? And then he, like, like, he, was, very, he was very much a caricature. Um, it's, but it's like, why would you? Ju- He's asking for your husband. Like, just tell him where she, he went. And then he leaves. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like people are just acting stupid. I don't know. It's just like. Uh, I think you're you're you're. Your uh, proposition there is is true. They are acting stupid. Everyone's stupid or like weird, yeah, or like not acting normal. Like part of that's what I'm saying. Like part of me wanted to be in the movie so I could just be just like call everyone out and be like, why are you acting like this? And we, let's see, we meet uh or Betty meets. Actually, no. Do you do you want to run through the plot or should we just kind of touch on the the bigger things? Because oh, gosh, um, th- there's a, there's a lot of plot in between. Through we don't have to go. Like, sure. Okay specific um it culminates to club silencio um yeah. basically there's this, there, there's a really long kind of journey of self-discovery um she's trying to figure out her identity she goes Who, to she? oh oh you're talking about i don't even know what her name is we don't know anyone's names are they are they all the same person are they that was yeah i it lost me after the so the uh Betty and Rita are they're searching for Rita's identity. Oh, also, I I knew there was some tension there. Like, bro, I, oh yeah, oh yeah. I like uh, I knew there was something something was going to culminate. And then, uh-huh. like, also, why'd she just get into the bed like naked? Yeah. Again, that not was... my. F- yeah, yeah. It's what? it's a little over the top, um, but I do think it serves the plot of the. Like what? Like yeah. It's, like, it, yeah. I mean, why would she, and she gets in the bed like just, just takes a towel off, just gets in naked, and then just and then what's her name has like no issues with this, and then all of a sudden they're like making out. I I like, and again, you're in like you're the, what, the, like you're in love with her after like what three days. Again, the movie operates on dream logic. So David Lynch is just per, just perverted. Okay. Um. Not 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 just. I think that can that can that's an, I mean that in not 
sec not just sec not sexually like just like i think perverse is a good way to describe like his movie oh yeah oh i'm not objecting to that like i feel like blue velvet is just a really perverse john hughes movie um <sighs> but yeah yeah his he he has a twisted mind um but yeah this all it all culminates they they profess their love for each other and then they go to club silence she's like which is open at two o'clock in the morning oh yeah club silencio um if you notice laura palmer i think the actress is actually in the club she's like she, sitting there I thought she was connected yeah it's all it's all the the david lynch cinematic universe um but no uh yeah they, they visit the club they listen to rebecca del rio sing that was good i liked i liked that uh i had captions on but i i understood most of what she was saying mr worldwide here guys yeah <laughs> um, um and then things start to deteriorate after that. Yeah, that was, it's that, it's that, a very that was where I was talking about earlier, where I was like not understood the last forty five minutes. Yeah, it's a very clear distinction. Everything before Club Silencio and everything after Cl- Club Silencio. Um, there's a clear distinction that something's changed. Um, there's that whole thing with the box, right? Like she, um, before they can't find the key or something, and then after they go to the club, she like I guess she no, they had finds... the key. No, 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 they had the key. Mm-hmm. And then when they went to the club, they found the box in the purse. So they yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, she went to put the key in the box, but they enter the box. Oh, or no, doesn't Betty disappear? Right, Betty's like, they... like gone. Like Betty's like they both walk in, and then Betty just yeah, she disappears. And then the camera kind of does this this uh zoom into the bo- into the depths of the box, and then everything changes after that. Um, I, I was so lost. I guess, and I think, yeah, I was lost too. The first time I watched it, I was like, wait, what the heck? And again, none of it made sense until I watched an explanation video, um, which I think which uh, we'll be discussing soon. Oh. Um, also, Diane. Oh, yeah, Diane, yeah. I, I can't believe you didn't, like, immediately, like, I feel like there's so much but connections, but can I, let me go through the connections. There's coffee. Me... Coffee, right? Okay, A lot look. of coffee. Coffee, Diane, um... Club Silencio is very similar to um, Black Lodge, right? I guess the yeah, the Black Lodge. So is the where what's his name is in the director, like the guy that's in charge of like the production company. I guess he, it's the same guy from Twin Peaks. Huh? Wait, what? The guy, like the guy that that's in charge of like the movie production company, and it's the guy, it's the short guy from twin peaks oh 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 wait is it the same actor i actually oh my gosh okay it's, I, I know it's a short guy i guess so i guess it is the same actor yeah that was very much red room yeah, yeah yeah i loved i love those scenes where it shows him like in that really mysterious room and you have no idea who he is and he's like the guy like has to talk through like a plexiglass wall or whatever yeah and then you got um sheriff truman and the other guy the other guy that was oh with him, those two guys are in the return, right? Yeah. Uh, it's also funny because they're only in, like that what scene? Like you think they're going to be still like who's the other guy? I don't remember what who he was. He, he was also in the he was the um another like government official in the return. Okay. Like right. Sheriff Sheriff Truman's brother, and then that guy was like the or he was like a local police officer. Well, technically, it's still Sheriff Truman because they're both Sheriff Truman. Yeah, I love how like you think they're going to be like main characters in the story. That's frustrating too. Is and like they, they never show up again. It brings stuff up and then nothing happens with it. Yeah. Um. What else? I'm trying to think. The lady that comes up to the thing, she reminded me of like Log Lady. Oh yeah, similar. Um, yeah, sort of. Tonally, I I just think like and, and then obviously you've got the guy behind the 
diner kind of like bob um like the jump Evil. scare like all the jump scares and like the cutting and it was just very much i mean it honestly could have been like connected like i would have thought that it was like a ser- like if it like a series you know what i mean like i don't get that just- vibe though like i really as as there are similarities but i think it's how very you, i don't know I, I don't know i guess we can agree to disagree but it was like very like it's felt like it was in the same yeah like, world i feel like okay yeah it, i mean it, obviously like it's more, I, I don't know I, th- I feel like there's more like going on it's more multi-faceted like with different a lot more characters and a lot more like stuff like that but i feel like mm-hmm. just like there's a lot of like scenes and stuff like that where it's like it felt, it felt like i was watching an episode of twin peaks yeah not exactly the same tone it's a little darker and a little bit more mysterious but it's definitely like there are definitely a lot of similarities there are also eraserhead similarities with the i was thinking that too remember the she goes to investigate that apartment and she finds the dead body and it yeah. kind of looks like an, something out of eraserhead like that creature yeah, or it's yeah, supposed yeah, to be a dead yeah. body, but it looks very like deformed. She's like, yeah, she's like weird looking. And the little people at the end. Oh um, my gosh, the grandpa, the, the the old couple like chasing oh, yeah. her was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the old people. Um, <laughs> so those two like fantastical elements sort of remind me of Racerhead. I think like they could be a meme. Like the, <laughs> yeah, the, I feel like they could be a meme. We need more twin. We need more David Lynch memes. Meme Holland Drive. Mid Holland Drive. Oh no. Bomb um, Holland Drive. Okay. Drive. Drive my car. I hate you. Cars too? Okay, that's enough. <laughs> um Do you wanna like start talking about like the meaning behind I mean how much time we got? We oh, started I think, I think we have to talk about the meaning because we teased it. Um, okay. Alright. Prepare for your mind. Okay, okay, again, I think I think the value in this movie comes from not understanding it but feeling it but it's always fun to kind of have a theory so here's just a film theory okay all right so um like we said the film is split into two parts there's everything before club silencio everything after club silencio um in after club silencio uh everything starts that reality starts falling apart and then it cuts to diane who is actually um naomi watts character right uh-huh. Um, and she's just like this really like in the in the everything before she's really giddy and like bubbly and stuff here she's like seems really depressed cynical um she's like living in this apartment she still has a love affair with uh camilla who in in the stuff before it, it, her name's like rita right but here mm-hmm. she's camilla um she's also an actress they both are actresses um and they both work on this movie I think it's called the Sylvia North story or something. Um, but there's that, remember that scene where like uh, Camilla is with, in the car with the director yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. she's and, like, like kind of, making, she's making kind of like up. using her beauty as like uh, a way to like manipulate him in a way. Yeah. And she, and, and Diane's like kind of jealously looking at them. Mm-hmm. So she loves her. She's jealous of her too. Um, and she's very like emotionally upset about that. And then I think it culminates to that dinner party. Remember the dinner party? Yeah. Um, where Adam Kester, the director, announces like, "Oh, I'm gonna marry. I'm planning they, on they marrying." They don't even Camilla. end up saying it. They like they they are about to, and then they they start laughing and like kissing. Yeah. Each other. 
it was like really I, it was very awkward yeah and also she's basically uh D diane everyone's kind of condescending to her the whole time yeah that she, was also she, very she feels like she's been betrayed uh, neglected um and that's kind of like her last straw right so then after that scene it like remember like they start laughing and then you kind of hear like these dishes clatter and you think it's like her like pounding her fist on the table and it cuts to like the diner and it's like the sound of like dishes falling or something i thought, that yeah, was, thought now that was she's like, at now she's at the diner but also like we go back she's like there's a part like when she's on the way to the party oh yeah she, she's on she's, she's on like it's like the beginning of the movie again except yes yeah, her she, and not rita and not rita yes and they she, they stop she's like what are you doing we don't stop here and then just like in the beginning um and then it's actually like camilla who like takes her out to like walk her to the like through the bushes to her house or whatever the so party. Yeah, to the party yep um uh yeah so then we have cut to her at the diner uh she's talking to the hitman and she gives her like uh camilla's acting portfolio and she's like yeah i want i want to take her out so she's basically hiring this guy to kill her and he has the blue keys like okay are you sure i'll like leave this as like a sign okay, that i was like... confused on what was going on in the, right there. okay yeah so we know he's a hitman right because from the scene where he's like trying to like steal the book or whatever and killing the people yeah so she hires him she's hiring him to take to kill her um and she and then he has that blue key and he says okay when it's done you'll see this and i think it is a little fishy because um in that first scene she sees the blue remember she sees the blue key like on her coffee scene, table it's like kind of like so weird so maybe i think that first scene then chronologically happens after this scene so she so after um she hires him she comes back to her house i'm guessing which is that first scene after club silencio and she finds the key on the table she's like okay she's she's dead like he killed her um and then uh eventually you know she feels so like she's uh feels guilty um i think she's so pent up with guilt and then like her the old people start like chasing after her which i think is symbolic of her past coming back to haunt her she's driven to suicide um and that's where the movie ends she kills herself and then um, smoke just comes out of every hole in the yes and then smoke room. comes out of the bed so diane the the actress kills herself at the end um and that's that second section everything after club silencio so at least looking at just that section, that makes sense, right? I, it makes sense. It makes more sense now. Okay. Now, then we have to talk about the whole other half of the movie, which is everything before. Um, the first scene, you have that scene of Diane, the jitterbug, the dancing scene. And remember in the second part of the movie, she's like, oh yeah, I won a, a jitterbug contest in Ontario or whatever. And then uh, uh -huh. I got a lot of money. So I think that's, that's an allusion or a reference to that. Okay. And then you have that scene of like the camera kind of like slowly going towards a bed and like sinking into a pillow. Wait, um, what? Remember after that initial jitterbug scene, there's a then scene of like car. No, 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 no. There's a scene for like a couple seconds, not a couple oh, seconds, maybe like vaguely, 10 seconds. I that. And the camera's like slowly moving towards the bed and like sinks into this red pillow. Um and that red room that uh tells us the dream has begun everything before club silencio or everything up to club silencio is diane's dream oh god um which in the diane that's the diane that's like the the actress that kills herself it's this is her dream before maybe before she kills herself or something um and you know how like in dreams uh the characters or the people in our dreams are like all kind of 
faces that we already have from reality and there's like you know dream theories where like dreams help us like process reality or like we project things that like inter- that help us interpret reality or whatever you know uh-huh. so like now in her dream she's kind of uh projecting these things onto um betty yes onto the people from her real life so in her dream she's now betty this aspiring young movie actress who's you know she's like oh i can't i can't wait to do this i'm gonna be a movie star or whatever she's like bright-eyed and everything Uh and her lover in real life camilla is now rita who is um first of all doesn't have an identity right she doesn't know who her name is um and she's kind of like this person not damsel in distress but she's very vulnerable um and betty is clearly like her savior right she's dependent on betty so in her dream in in real life obviously she's jealous of camilla um she wishes she had her like beauty and her and her fame and everything but in, in her dream you know camilla or camilla or rita is basically subservient to betty and she's like she like basically needs her to like figure out what's going on yeah so she has a bit of like a savior complex um yeah, and then you have like other characters like Coco, who's actually Adam Kesher's mom, but she's just like the landlady in the dream. Okay. Uh, you have Adam Kesher. Um, there's this whole subplot in in the first part where it's like, this is the girl. Like, we're making you cast Camilla Rhodes as the lead part in the role, not no one else. Like, if you do this, we're ruining your li- life in your movie. Um, like, there's like a conspiracy against her, right? Like, they're all planning. There's that dude in Wait, the. She, so she's named Camilla. But then Rita is named Camilla in the end of the movie. Oh, no. Yeah. So in reality, Rita, Rita, Rita's character is actually Camilla. Um, but in her dream, remember, it's not, they show the picture of Camilla Rhodes, but it's not Rita. It's that, like, that oh, other yeah, yeah, girl. yeah. But my point is, like, is that supposed to be, like, Camilla? Yeah. So in her dream, there's an actress named Camilla Rhodes um, who basically the, the, the higher ups are basically conspiring to cast her and only her into the lead part of this, of this role, of this film. And they're uh-huh. basically threatening to like destroy the director if he doesn't. So this yeah. is kind of her mind rationalizing or justifying, you know, like why she didn't get the lead role in in real life. Like she's like, oh, there must be some conspiracy against the director that if they don't cast me, or if they if they do cast me, they'll like ruin him or something. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, there's that whole subplot of the conspiracy. Um, they're like, oh yeah, this is the girl. Uh, the hitman, the cowboy, the cowboy. Okay, this is interesting because. In our dreams, I don't think we typically like dream interactions between characters that are not ourselves. But That's I what guess I, was we, thinking. I guess we have to make an exception. But yeah, the cowboy, I don't have a clear explanation for him. Um, but he's kind of again like a he's the one who wakes her up from a dream. Remember, there's like that short scene where he's like wake up or something. Gosh, near no, the end. Okay, well near the end, he's like there's like, like one second scene. A little bit. Yeah, he kind of wakes her up. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, there's that whole interaction with the cowboy. I think that's also part of the, the whole conspiracy thing. Because um, he, he's also like, you have to cast this girl or else mm-hmm. like bad things will happen. You have the hitman who in the dream is super incompetent at his job. And that could be her trying to like maybe justify that maybe because the hitman was so bad at his job, maybe he didn't kill Camilla. So that could be like her guilt. You know, like she, there's a part of her that doesn't want Camilla to die. So she's yeah. justifying maybe the, the hitman's like awful at his job. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the blue key in the dream that mirrors the blue key from that the hitman gives her. Um, there's actually a lot of blue in the movie, the blue hair of that woman in Club Silencio. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw that. 
I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, there's. Yeah, what I can't about, really think. What about the guy behind the diner? Again, that's what, another thing I don't really know. I feel like he's just the manifestation of evil. I don't have a clear explanation yeah, or thought of. I just feel like he, kind of like Bob, just represents evil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's kind of this all-knowing, like omniscient figure because he, at the end, he does. He is. He has like the box. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he um, does. So some and sort the of old like, people are in the box. Yeah, so some sort of like omniscient god figure. I feel like. Uh, and then yeah, it culminates. They go to Club Silencio. No, I banda, right? There is no band. She learns that it's all illusion. That's all like, like a dream. Everything. It's all a dream, right? Yeah. Um, and she's like crying, and it's all emotional. She's like, yeah, she like seizes. There's that. Yeah, she's she's like compulsive, or or con, <laughs> not compulsive. Convulsing. Uh, convul- convulsing. Um, there's that cool the scene where like it it's Rebecca Del Rio singing, and then she's she, like, like falls, but the voice, the music, yeah, it keeps going, right? So again the illusion there's an illusion and then when she gets back um betty just disappears like out of nowhere um again showing like her dreams falling apart she's starting to wake up um and then she she opens the box you know she's finally exiting the dream um and then yep we get everything after club silencio so okay i see what you're saying so yeah so like the whole first part is her her dream or her vision And again, I like, wouldn't have been able to enjoy this movie much better if, I mean, obviously he wouldn't do this, but it would be much more enjoyable if this would have been clear. Well, again, first of all, we don't know if this is the, the end all be all right answer. My, my point is like, if he would have just been, uh, at least with me, I don't know. I mean, I, I like, I kind of like the intrigue and like the mystery behind it and the like, the way it's kind of like a, an art piece and everybody's kind of interprets it differently. Uh-huh. But like as a movie, um, it would be i'd find it more enjoyable if if there was a if this was true if it was like more clear cuz like i find myself just being i found myself just being confused and like frustrated yeah. rather than actually being able to appreciate like a possible plot twist or something like that i mean kind of like like tenet like tenet was just it was cool but it was just so freaking confusing that i just i didn't I didn't really, I didn't like it as much as I could have. Yeah. Um, so, I don't do know. Do you think, like, it, oh, it was all a dream moment. Do you think that would kind of cheapen it, though, for you? Or do you think that would actually, like... No, because I think if what you just said is true, I don't think it's a traditional kind of, like, sixth sense, like, kind of uh-huh. um, kind of plot twist. Because it's, it's, like, kind of reversed. Because the dream is in the, the dream is, like, the first thing you see. Like, you, yeah, like it's, yeah. It, it's definitely like out of order. So no, I don't think it would have cheapened it. I mean, it's definitely a little adds. I don't know. There are, there are positives and negatives to the fact that it's like, yeah, not totally clear. And again, I think it's part of the experience. It's part of the story of how everything like interweaves and it, there's not like a clear, clear delineation. Yeah. I think because it's unclear, that's what makes it more interesting. Yeah. Um. So at least for me, I feel like, if there was like a clear like explanation like oh it was a dream oh i woke up from the dream and now i'm gonna like commit suicide i feel like that would inherently be less interesting but i do i do completely agree because i'll read you like the first review i wrote because basically my thoughts literally aligned with what you're saying i was like um hold on yeah i said like after watching a 22 22 minute video explaining the film 
Mulholland Drives makes perfect sense to me, and I do agree that it's a brilliant, crafted, and highly original film. My issue is that because I had no idea what was going on when I, I was actually watching the film, I was left frustrated and impatient throughout. So does a film that requires an explanation video and yeah. multiple viewings to be understood deserve a perfect rating upon first viewing? I'm conflicted. Um, yeah. Yeah, so basically, yeah, I said, like, if I hadn't watched an explanation video, I feel like this would have just left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really felt... I, <laughs> a bad taste in the mouth. So yeah, I felt very similar the first time. Um, okay. Yeah. But I think it works because of its confusion. I think... Again, I, I've changed. I've shifted my perspective. I place more emphasis on the atmosphere, just the feeling and the confusion over the story. I think, mm. it, I think atmosphere supersedes story here. Yeah, um, and I think we talked about this in the lost episode that we didn't end up recording. Um, that little remember that snippet at the end where we argued about Eraserhead. Oh yeah, the, we were talking the, about like how um, archives. It's it actually is a little bit better if you go into his his works looking at it as more of like a, a visual art piece mm-hmm. than like a um than like a Christopher Nolan like, like a like I, I feel like if you're it's more of it's more artistic than it is like I feel like with movies you've got like on one end of the spectrum you've got it like it's like a s- clear story like a like um like an almost like a novel and there's like a beginning and end like a ro- a, a climax a, like a conclusion all that for kind example of stuff. star wars or something yeah like star wars and then on the other end of the, of the spectrum you've got something like a racerhead where it's more about like um visual auditory um performances just stuff like mm-hmm. that that are kind of more su- um subjective depending on who's watching it and what they're interpretations are so i think if you go into it knowing that it's going to be more of like mm-hmm. an um i mean it's kind of like i mean in, in visual art I, it's like it's like star wars is like the um i don't know the mona lisa and then david lynch like Eraserhead, head uh, drive is more like um like kandinsky or like some abstract um, yeah, or who's the guy that drew the picture of the guy with the hat and like the apple? On oh, like Rene like, McGree, right? McGree. Yeah, yeah. Like one, one is like, um, it's like real, yeah, realism and surrealism, realism, right? Realism, yeah, realism, surrealism in the most basic sense. Yeah, but I feel like again, what what David Lynch does and what a lot of filmmakers do is that they they tap into what makes cinema like a unique. Cinema. What makes cinema a unique art form, right? Like, like there's things you could achieve in a novel that you can translate to cinema, but there are things you could achieve in cinema that you can't translate into a exactly. novel, right? So, like, yeah, and things there's things in Mulholland Drive that you wouldn't this be would able to no, totally not translate like into just a literary. Yeah, like film is the only medium in which a movie like this could or a story like this could be told because it's so it taps into like the specific Audio, specificities of I mean, yeah, yeah sound design uh visuals so yeah it, i think it, it takes full advantage of what like the medium and i think that's uh, i haven't seen dune but i think that's part of the issues is like dune is a novel and yeah and, he, and i i, I haven't Which, seen dune, yeah so i don't want to make assumptions but it's like i think that's that's one of his worst movies for a reason like it's weird that a director like David Lynch would try to tackle a movie that's or a 
adapt a a a book that's like seems very so, anti like him. Yeah, and yeah, and and he actually does try to like make it kind of Lynchian, but it's just kind of cringy. Like it, it doesn't work at all. Because um, yeah, because I feel like any I think like no offense to him, but I feel like the only way things are gonna really be good with him is if he's producing. And like I feel like he's got to have a good amount of control over yeah. what's like what's be, like I don't think he can just direct something. Like yeah. I think he's got to kind of have a say in the subject matter and, um, like be in charge of producing or directing it. Like I think, I mean I I think like Twin Peaks is a good example. I mean even though Mark Frost worked on him with it, I think they had a good there was a good blend there. And I think you can uh-huh. see like the episodes that he didn't work on were like not good. And like the ones where the TV, where the production company kind of like uh-huh. sweeped him of him out, from, sweeped the show out from under him, definitely like suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, and like like you said with Dune, I think he's always like after make. Funny you say that because like after that movie, I think in interviews he's always said what he's learned from Dune is that he has to have like full creative control over any project he works exactly. on. Exactly. Um, because yeah, I, I don't feel like he would just be able to direct something. He'd have to have like he'd be able to have to write it. He'd have to like have a hand in editing it. Um, sure. which is interesting because the one the the movie the David Lynch movie on Disney Plus, which I told you about, is actually directed by him but not written by him. I think it was written uh-huh. by his editor. Um, uh-huh. you should check it out though with your family or something. Like have a family David um, Lynch movie night. It's actually really it's really wholesome, surprisingly wholesome. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's called the straight story. Um. So yeah, I don't. I, I definitely. I'm going to have to rewatch it at some point, and then I think my. I definitely think my. Rating will be higher. I over the course of this episode, I've gone back and fixed my thing. Um. There's not a right or wrong thing. Like if you just like, you know, there, there's. Well, I think context like a, helps. I, I I don't care if it's yeah. like. This, the movie's very strongly subjective. You, I, I just like to have, um, some. Dire- I mean, it's also like that's why I think we contrast in like me reading the Twin Peaks, um, novelization, dossi- thing. the novelization yeah. thing. I think enhanced the show for me, even though like it, because even though it like kind of grounded things a little bit more. I just like to have, yeah, um, context. And like, I don't know. I like to get as much info as uh-huh. possible. Yeah. Um. So, I my rating is now at three and a half. Maybe I'll put it at wow. four stars. We've the... we've raised this a full star over the course of this episode, guys. We've uh, so, I've done. I'll have to re. I'll have to rewatch. Yeah, I think this definitely begs to be rewatched. I do. I did like uh. What's the word? Uh, fire walk with me more than this. Interesting. That's a. I mean, I also do. I also like fire walk with me more than this. I think fire walk with me. Uh, but I mean, it's very close because obviously you need to watch. It's you need to watch Twin Peaks to yeah. watch fire walk with me. Yeah. So I think that's the main thing that this has got over it because it's got like I think it's got. If you want to, sh- to me, I think if you wanted to show someone something, that's kind of like. If they don't want to watch Twin Peaks, but they kind of want to understand like what the the vibe is and like Mulholland what, Drive, yeah, like I think Mulholland Drive is a very good yeah. thing to um, show them because, like I said, I mean, 
there's characters the parallel there's the the some of the performances parallel the mm-hmm. the tone at some points parallels i mean the cowboy reminded me of the giant oh yeah that's a that's a good comparison <laughs> um it is happening yeah. and then he do- he like just disappears yeah yeah oh um, like supernatural I, figures right yeah like i definitely think that there's i mean it's very very similar so like, I actually I think this would be a good way to like kind of if someone didn't want to watch all of Twin Peaks, uh-huh. and they but they kind of wanted to get like a an idea of like tw- David Lynch's like yeah m- main vibe. I think this would be a good thing to watch. Um, yeah, like yeah. I said, I haven't seen Blue Velvet, so I don't know how. I think exactly. Blue Velvet's actually. I was gonna say I think Blue Velvet's actually a better. It's closer to Twin Peaks, I think. Re- closer than this. Oh yeah, a lot closer. It's it's definitely a lot more si- like. I feel like you could you could split it up. It's like there's like Eraserhead and like Elephant Man are kind of like one era. Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet are kind of like another, and then this one and then his like newer ones are kind of a third type of kind of style or. This is on, my, this is on my poster in my room. Oh, really? Is Blue Velvet on the poster? I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay, yeah, Blue Velvet's definitely a lot more similar, especially like thematically to Twin Peaks. So. Well, I've got I've got a I had to do a criterion channel free trial to watch the movie so maybe oh. i'll watch yes blue velvet. oh man blue velvet oh send my me, gosh send me a criterion collection list and i can i'll see what i can have time to watch over the next i think it was a two-week trial oh yeah there there are a lot of great movies on the on the channel that you can check out but blue velvet we gotta do maybe we just did Mulholland drive but sometime in the future we at least we gotta watch it together we don't have to do an episode but i really want to watch that yeah. Um, oh, one of yeah. my favorites. Um, I will say I'm glad I didn't watch this with Samantha. <laughs> yeah, I, from what I've heard, you probably shouldn't watch Blue Velvet if she if it's anxiety inducing. Uh, yeah, Blue Velvet's I, very I mean, anxiety. I've got I've I'm I'd like to say I I don't I wouldn't like to think I'm an anxious person. That's a bad way to say it, but like I get anxious. Um, I feel like David Lynch is like the embodiment of like anxiety. <laughs> Yeah. Um, she does not I mean I told you she refuses to finish Twin Peaks. Which is like the least at least the original series is like probably like the nicest. It just makes her even just like not just the surreal parts, like just like the acting uh, and like some of it like just it makes her uncomfortable. Um just like some of it's just it's just weird and she just does not wanna I've I've talked I've talked to her multiple times. I I want her to finished the last couple episodes just to get to the big reveal but she uh yeah. is very adamant about not <laughs> yeah uh, i'm surprised That's... she even watched eraserhead i actually don't even know if she i know i think she did watch the whole thing yeah actually eraserhead's probably the most anxiety inducing thing <laughs> or firewalk with me is actually also very the chicken scene is seared in my mind you just cut them up like regular chickens I, I, oh my god <laughs> anyway i guess is that i guess that's uh about it that that about wraps up today's episode uh well thank you for listening um mazzy i did i i don't know if you wanted to be shouted out but you might be the only person that (laughs) listens to this one um i don't know i just feel like it part of me feels like there are like bots that just listen to our podcast i know it's like I don't it's episodes like these I really don't expect to do good and then they get like a decent I mean not I mean for us a decent amount of listens 
I'd like to shout out all the bots tuning in right now. Yeah, yeah we, we really appreciate you. You're the reason why we're doing this. Please leave um, a review if you're actually not from the United States, because I want to know. Yeah, if we're, we're really interested in who's listening. Who to is our... listening? Because all our close friends, are, uh, I, Samantha doesn't listen to it. Yeah, like not, no one we know listens to this. But, um, So I, I don't know exactly who? who is. I mean, what's his name? Um, From youth back in. Uh, oh, Ben. Ben. He was listening to him for a little bit. I don't know if he's still listening. Well, regardless, I think we'd like to say that if you are listening to this, we're actually Thank like, you. we're very support. We're, we're very thankful for your yes. support. Um, yeah, this is something we enjoy doing. So we're glad that you also get some sort of enjoyment out of it. Yes. Um, it's not yeah. about the listens either. If that's what I don't want to give that impression. It's just like I wanted like to know who's um, listening. So if, if you would uh, leave Maybe a review. It doesn't even Maybe. have to be a good one. It can just be give a one star review. We, I'm yeah. perfectly fine with that. Any feedback is welcome. Um, and maybe the real podcast was the friends we made along the way. What? Uh, I was just—it's inspirational. Okay. I'm um. With that, uh, with with that said, I'm Connor, and I'm Campbell. You just wasted the last hour of your life listening to Real Geeks. If you enjoyed this episode of Real Geeks. Please be sure to follow us on social media at The Real Real Geeks for the latest news and updates. Also, be sure to leave us a review. What things did you like? What things would you like to see in future episodes? Let us know and we'll be sure to take a look.